This receiver draft class is incredibly fast. And teams have decided, yeah, Aaron Rodgers might not be going anywhere. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. I cover the Packers for The Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter. Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter. Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers. The number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. How today on the show, we've got receiver talk with the NFL draft. We've got Aaron Rodgers, some stuff from our friends over at Peacock and Williamson with some sourced reporting. Charles Robinson has some takes on all of this, the direction that this is moving. And then there's the receivers. Let's start there. Thanks to everyone that makes Locked on Packers their first lesson of the day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. This. Right now, looks like the most athletic receiver class we've ever seen. The fastest, the most explosive, the most dynamic. And that, I think, is an important thing to remember as we move toward the offseason, especially for a team like Green Bay. Why does that matter? We'll get to that in a second. Names you've heard of. Big-time names. George Pickens run 4-4-7. Wando Robinson runs 4-4-4. Jahan Dotson, 4-4-3. Sky Moore, 4-4-1. Chris Olave, 4-3-9. Garrett Wilson, 4-3-8. Christian Watson from North Dakota State, 4-3-6. Alex Pierce from Cincinnati, a sleeper. Jeff Janis type. 4-3-3. Calvin Austin, the speedster from Memphis, 4-3-2. And the fastest man in the draft so far, Tyquan Thornton, 4-2-8 from Baylor. Now, how does this affect what Green Bay wants to do? Well, they have a receiver who's going to hit the open market in free agency. Whose most vital trait to the team is his speed. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is going to be a free agent, an unrestricted free agent. Devontae Adams, by all accounts, is going to be back. We adjudicated whether or not that was a smart thing to do yesterday, or at least we discussed the sides of that argument. I don't know that we ultimately landed on one place or another, although I think I offered my take that I think it makes sense to bring Devontae Adams back, irrespective of what's going on with, with Aaron Rodgers. But if you want speed... Dirty, filthy, nasty speed, to quote the late, great Eleanor Roosevelt. <laughs> if you don't get that, like that's fine, but like Google it. Um, you have options in the draft. A lot of them. And if you have Devontae Adams and you have Alan Lazard on a restricted free agent tender, Maybe he gets an extension to reduce that cap hit a little bit. And you have Amari Rodgers 
who is under contract, one of the only guys on your roster who's under contract at receiver. And you're able to bring back Randall Cobb. Matt Schneiman from The Athletic suggesting the other day uh, on a podcast that Randall Cobb could make sense, that the only reason he would come back to play at all would be in Green Bay. To play with Aaron Rodgers, to play with the Packers, the team that drafted him, the team that made him a star. A one-year deal that's got voids and whatever, like, you know, it makes sense. You could do it. But what you lack is that downfield field stretcher. That Chris Olave type. Someone who can who can be that dynamic down the field guy, but can also be someone who can do what MVS did in, say, the NFC Championship game two years ago where he was the best receiver on the field for the Packers. At least the most productive one. Making big plays, catching third downs, you know, in breakers, you know, deep digs on third and 12. Or you catch a little slant on third and four for seven yards. You have to be able to do that stuff too in this offense. And you have to be able to block and do the other things that are just foundational to what Green Bay wants to be and do. When you have a dozen plus guys who are running four, four, five or better. And some of them will, will be better, you know, at their pro days. And then you add in Traylon Burks ran four, five, five. I think he's the best receiver in the draft. I mentioned George Pickens, four, four, seven. Drake London didn't even run. He might be the best receiver in this draft. If he goes out as USC pro day and runs four, 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 he might be wide receiver one. That's how close that I have. He and Burks. 540 dunk in high school, former USC basketball player, young, both he and Pickens are young, 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 20s, 19, teenagers when they started dominating in their respective conferences. Unbelievable. Their speed, uh, and the Packers need it. They desperately need it. When MVS has not been on the field, their offense has just been different. Just like you go back to 2020. The offense with Tyler Irvin without the jet motion just didn't look the same. The run game especially didn't look the same. And then Green Bay, when they, when the run game didn't look the same, they abandoned the play action. It became a lot of straight drop. And they just don't have the horses to play a straight drop game. And not that Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams aren't great. They are. But when you can send extra defenders at 1-7, and you can single up elsewhere and not you're not going to win consistently, that creates problems. Last year, they didn't have a pure jet guy. It wasn't going to be Randall Cobb, and they didn't trust Amari Rodgers to do anything. And so they had to go to some of this half motion, some of just like the, the more traditional, oh, you're going to send a tight end across the formation just to kind of check things out. No jet, no orbit. And it was just less creative. I think there are reasonable questions to be asked about the structure of this offensive staff. Tom Clements is not going to advocate for jet motion. Guy's 68 years old. Jet motion was not a thing for, for all of his coaching career. Adam Stenovich, offensive line coach, who knows exactly what his takes are going to be on stuff like this, but it's hard to imagine that they're going to look more like you know, the 49ers with jet motion and 
some of the things the Rams do pre-snap and the Browns. What you need is speed. It changes the geometry of your offense. When you're able to push the ball down the field with that guy, and that guy is not Devontae Adams, that's the crucial thing, not Devontae Adams, because Devontae Adams can win one-on-one. He can win from the slot, slot fades, whatever you want to do, two-way goes, plus he can win on the boundaries, those transition goes, those three-step fires on go routes. Rodgers calls it a transition go. But to have someone who is going to scare a defense, who's going to say, well, we have to play too high just because this effing guy is on the field. Marquez Valdez-Scantling wasn't, wasn't quite that guy. Wasn't quite that guy where the defense is going, oh, crap, he's out there. We have to play too high. Not Tyreek Hill. I mean, very few guys are that guy. Deshaun Jackson in his prime was that guy. I think early stages, Odell Beckham was that guy because they could just create down the field in ways that that made you pull your hair out if you're a defensive coordinator. Well, if you bring Chris Olave into this defense, it's a pretty fundamental change to what your offense looks like. Even though he's not technically as fast as MVS, Olave can just win down the field whenever you want. And he can win underneath. He's a real football player too. He's not just some speed guy. There are some guys on that list that I just read off, who are, they're track guys playing football, not football guys with track speed. That's not the case for all of them. I don't want to disparage anyone, but that is the case for some guys. The Packers, clearly, would prefer a football player. But you want the speed too. The speed is crucial. So there are plenty of options in the draft. If Marquez Valdez-Scanling, if that price gets out of hand, if you can't get a long-term deal where his 2022 cap number makes sense and you get him the longer term, plenty of options in this draft. We talked yesterday about how does your, your feeling about what Devontae Adams' future is in Green Bay impact the way you feel about the draft and vice versa. I think more likely this draft class affects the future of someone like Marquez because Devontae Adams is irreplaceable by one of these guys. There is no one in this class where you go, yeah, that guy. There's no Julio Jones in this class. There's no Calvin Johnson in this class. There's no top, top, top tier prospect where you're going to go, okay, well, if we drop this guy, we're okay. That guy's not in this draft. Even, even a CeeDee Lamb, the guy's not really in this draft. I'm not that high on a Garrett Wilson. Jameson Williams, by the way, who I even mentioned, who didn't get to run because he tore his ACL in January, he was going to be a 4-3-3 guy. Maybe, maybe faster. One of the fastest receivers I've seen on tape in a couple seasons, at least. I mean, looked every bit as fast as someone like Henry Ruggs. You know, 4-2-8, 4-2-6 kind of receiver. These guys are there in the draft, and they might be there next year too. I mean, the, the, the world has changed. Football has changed. And that's that's an important thing to recognize. 
Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest totals, player performance props to where the next coach fired is going to land, BetOnline.net is your number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC, and odds. Right down to everything you want in golf, those little player props that you can get in golf, great stuff there. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. A lot of news around Aaron Rodgers over the last couple of days. And it is the kind of thing that I understand can get tiring, can get boring. And Peacock and Williamson talked about it. Brian Peacock and and former scout Matt Williamson talked about it on the Peacock and Williamson show. And Matt said, look, uh, the people that he talked to don't think that there's a chance Rodgers leaves, or at least they they don't think, they're they're confident he is staying. Almost anyone that I bring this up to and people that would really have a strong indicator have pretty much told me, don't expect Rodgers or Devontae Adams to leave Green Bay. You know, that they're, he's going to get a big contract. He's coming off an MVP. If you extend Adams and Rodgers, you can get pretty cap friendly by pushing their money and their cap hits down the road. There's no chance Adams hits free agency. I mean, at a minimum, it's a franchise situation. No way is he on the open market on 0%. And as is the case with the cap, and I'm very guilty of this as well, when I start digging into cap situations late in the season, playoffs, after the year, you look at these teams, you know, our conversation with the Saints, a lot of these cash-strapped teams just aren't as strapped as you think when you start moving money around. Mm -hmm. And if you extend Rodgers and you extend Adams, give them three, four-year deals, whatever, you can bump a lot of that down the road. And I'm just hearing more and more from people I trust that, those guys aren't going anywhere. You know, the Packers think they're a contender. They're a Super Bowl contender, and they are going to max out their credit cards to live out the Rodgers years to their fullest. Matt is not the only one who feels this way. Charles Robinson over at Yahoo Sports, we talked about some of his reporting earlier this week, mentioned that the teams who could potentially be interested in Aaron Rodgers have heard radio silence from the Packers. And that's interesting because when Brian Gutekind said a couple days ago at the combine that he had not heard from GMs about an Aaron Rodgers trade, we thought that he was BSing, that he was full of it. But what might be more appropriate to characterize this, what might, might be a better way to frame it, is that these teams have not heard any signals from the Rodgers camp or the Packers camp that there is a trade to be had. And that is the more important piece of information. Is if the Broncos and the Raiders and the Browns and the Dolphins and the teams who could otherwise be in on a Rodgers trade have not really had any traction 
or even basic understanding that Rodgers could be available. Charles Robinson said flat out, those teams are moving on to plan B. Plan B has now become plan A because they they just don't think that's going to happen. Or at least they can't count on it happening. And we're getting to the point where now it's butting up against deadlines. We talked about this yesterday a little bit. And that, I don't want to focus on it because the Packers have time and they and they're gonna they're gonna do some of the things that they were always gonna do, like move on from Zadarius Smith and and you know rework some of these deals, extend Jair Alexander and figure out something with Preston Smith because you have to you have to pay some of these guys just to just to move forward. And because Preston Smith is a good player, Jair Alexander is an elite player. Of course, you want to extend those guys and sign those guys. I don't think that's you know like a, a weird take. But for the Packers, if they're not fielding calls and teams don't think Aaron Rodgers is available and they're moving on to plans B, C, D, and E, I think that's a pretty good signal of where everything is. Because if you're David Dunn, you're the agent for Aaron Rodgers, and Rodgers has signaled to you. Probably gonna, I'm probably going to explore my options. You have to be. You have to be back channeling. You have to be doing the thing. Okay, Denver. What's it going to take? And there was a, a report uh, yesterday from a Denver source that that the Broncos were unwilling to pay the, the Packers price for Aaron Rodgers. And I think that raises questions of like, well, how do we know what the Packers price is? Well, because agents exist and because, um, you know, the the tampering rules are not always adhered to. Shock. Kel surprise. Um, But I, I think you can look at that and say, well, that's just Denver going. Mm, we just weren't that interested anyway. Yeah. You know, like it's 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 not it's not you. It's us. When really, no, no, it turns out Rodgers is not going anywhere. And so in order to save face, it's, well, the price got too high. Even if the price had never, according to anyone that we've heard from, negotiated any kind of trade compensation, that it never got even close to that far. And so the reality is Denver is reading the tea leaves and probably more than just reading the tea leaves. They probably have a pretty good indication of, of where this is all going. And so they've decided, well, it's probably not going to be Aaron Rodgers. And so now it's Russell Wilson. It's Kirk Cousins. It's some of these other um, not lateral moves to be sure, but, but, you know, improvements that are more marginal than it would have been with Aaron Rodgers. Russell Wilson, a legit superstar quarterback, so let's not denigrate him. But Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo, that's that's not going to change your life, really, if you're Denver. You're not a Super Bowl contender with Jimmy Garoppolo with this roster. Now, you know, could you could you be in better position with Jimmy G in Denver and a full complement of players plus your picks versus Rodgers minus the ninth overall pick, minus Jerry Judy, minus two future firsts and a second? You might be. You might be. But but Green Bay has had no indication to anyone else, based on everything that's been reported, everything that I've heard, is 
They're just, there's no engagement. There's no, there's no discussion to even be had. And part of that is Aaron Rodgers has, has not made clear a final decision. People inside the organization, a lot of them are still waiting to hear the final word from Aaron Rodgers. And so how can you even have negotiations with a player that we don't know his future? That's part of all of this as well. So the feeling around the league is that he's back. The feeling from teams that could be interested in Aaron Rodgers. That feeling is he's back. So what are we to conclude in all of this? To quote the great philosopher John Wick. Yeah, I'm thinking he's back. Okay, I paraphrase it. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. This is an incredible product. And you hear a lot on podcasts, on the radio about products, and you, and it, it's hard to know what is real and what is not real. It's really unbelievable sometimes when you just go, eh, that seems too good to be true. And I'm telling you, Built Bar does seem too good to be true. It seemed too good to be true to me until I tried them. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Believe me when I say that. This is not just puffery. This is not just a thing I say. I truly believe this is the best protein bar on the market. It is the best tasting protein bar on the market. They have protein infused marshmallow. I mean, come on. Their puffs line, unbelievable. I love the coconut one. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. High in protein, high in fiber, low in net carbs, low in sugar, low in calorie. They taste delicious. How can that be? Tell, Explain to me how that can be. I don't get it. I don't pretend to understand it. But that's that's the real deal when it comes to Built Bar. And you can try it for yourself. Incredible flavors, mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, white chocolate cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie. I love the coconut brownie. I love all their coconut flavors. And when you go to belt.com, you can get 15% off when you use the promo code LOCKED15. That's 15% off when you use the promo code LOCKED15 at belt.com. And thank you for making Locked on Packers your first listen every day. And I'll make your second listen, Locked on NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available on all platforms. The quarterback position in this draft. It's not very good. It's not very good. There's there is no quarterback who is even a consensus top 20 pick. I don't even know that there's a consensus first round pick where everyone agrees that like yeah, he's definitely a first round player in a vacuum. First round grade. I don't think so. Desmond Ritter, Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, Carson Strong in the mix, I guess. It's not great. It's not great. And so you go back to the discussion we had a couple weeks ago about Jordan Love and where he would be in this draft class. Malik Willis 
better athlete, faster, no doubt. Big arm, probably a stronger pure arm in terms of like he can throw at 60, 70 yards. Does he, is he more consistent? You know, arm talent is one of those funny things. Like, is arm talent just the, the velocity you can generate? Is it just the distance that you can throw a ball? Or is it also the combination of trajectory, of touch, of accuracy, plus power? Hey, I can fit in this cover hole two shot, cover two hole shot. These are tongue twisters, you guys. Where it has to be the perfect trajectory and the right speed. Or you've got a sideline shot versus cover three where you have to get it there by before the safety can come over. Or you've got a seam ball against cover two over the linebacker but in front of the safety. That's arm talent. And Jordan Love has as much arm talent, if not more, than anyone in this draft class. So, and, and no one has sparkling collegiate resumes. Are you serious? Malik Willis is going to go in the first round and, and basically all the underlying metrics, like he, he never quite had a season as consistent as what we saw from Jordan Love when he was a sophomore. Just just didn't. I mean, his last season, 27 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 2,800 yards, fine. That's a fine season. You go to his 2020 season, 20 touchdowns, six interceptions. He's incredibly talented. He, he probably would, would walk into the NFL and be the second best rushing quarterback in the league. Arm, he's got arm ability, arm talent. As a complete player, he's not Jordan Love. Jordan Love is better. But Malik Willis could be a top 15 pick. Desmond Ritter could be a top 15 pick. Kenny Pickett could be a top 15 pick. And no one is going to bat an eye because they're quarterbacks and we're going to go, okay, yes, but. But because of the Packers situation, it's going to look different. And because of who else was in that draft class, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Tua Tungabailoa. And by the way, are we like 100% sure that Tua is better than Jordan Love? Like 100? Like 100% sure? I'm not even like 60% sure. I think if you put Jordan Love in, on that team with those guys, with Devontae Parker and Mike Kosicki and, and Jalen Waddell and, and not Will Fuller because Will Fuller doesn't play, because he's always hurt. He could have put up to his numbers in a heavy RPO offense that he's been running since he was 16. Could have done it. Just remember that we, we you know, and and I only bring this up not to not to troll, not to get clicks, whatever. The quarterbacks performed at the combine yesterday. We saw them throw. We saw them run. Some guys performed better than we thought. Some guys performed sort of as we thought. Jordan Love is younger than some of these guys, despite the fact that he is 23 already. It, it just seems like important information that you should have. Just seems like important information that you should have as we move forward. Does it matter that he's going to be, does it mean that he's going to be better than these guys? No, of course not. 
And I would never say that it does, but it, it is a consideration. And I think it, it impacts ceiling. I, I am a big breakout age person. I'm a big age person. Someone who is, you know, we talked about this with Rashawn Gary yesterday. If you're 21 coming out as a rookie who's raw versus 24 coming out as a rookie who's raw, big difference in how I expect you to develop. So if you're 21 playing like Jordan Love, there's a chance, a, good, a better chance that you can get much better than if you're 23, 24 playing like Jordan Love. Well, this class is all a bunch of guys who are 22, 23, 24 and who play like Jordan Love or at least are as consistent as Jordan Love. And this is not even Jordan Love apology tour time. It's just comparing, trying to compare apples to apples. And yeah, it's probably like Golden Delicious versus Granny Smith versus Red Delicious versus Honeycrisp versus, you know, Cortland. I've run out of apples that I can name. Mm, probably not. Probably can go a couple more. But then at least you're comparing varietals of the same thing. And that's what this that's what this quarterback class is. Jordan Love would probably be at the top of this class. Be the most talented guy in this class. The most consistent guy in this class. The most desirable guy in this class. And he'd probably go in the top 10. One of these quarterbacks is going to go in the top 10. And they're, they're a worse prospect than Jordan Love was. That's the reality. That's the reality. All right. We're going to be back next week. As we move through the combine, a lot's going to happen over the course of the weekend. We've got some interviews coming next week with people who are in Indianapolis. Unfortunately, I cannot be there um, as much as I would I would like to be there. Um, not that I don't like the St. Elmo's horseradish, just that from a, a scheduling standpoint, uh, it's not going to work out. But we're going to have interviews next week to talk about what's going on there. What What is the scuttlebutt? In Indy, that is always um, just as big as what's going on on the field is what's going on off the field, what's going on in dark steakhouses off the record. Uh, and so we'll get into all of that next week. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay. Locked on Packers.